This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is September, I almost said November, it's September 7th, 2020. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, What's Luke up? Sylvia. How are you doing, my friend? Man, I'm just, I'm enjoying, once again, NBA basketball. College football started back up this past week. I didn't care who it was. I was watching anybody and everybody. I think at one point I was watching Arkansas State and Memphis it didn't matter who it was. And uh, I I just I, I think I told Lauren a couple times, I love college football. I love NBA basketball. I love that it's on my screen all the time because we didn't know when we were getting it back. And right. uh, I know we've had this conversation before, but it really never gets old. And if you love sports, this is a pretty crazy time right now that we've got football and basketball on our screen kind of at the same time. I would agree with that. I know uh, you're excited SEC football is – Slated to start up back pretty soon, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So that will be uh, good for you. It'll be a nice little uh, mental health refresh for you. Absolutely, I'm sure. Yeah, Gators. Gators play uh, September 26th against Ole Miss. So we're uh, we'll see what happens there. And then I'm just excited it's back. NFL football is coming back this week as well. I've been telling Carmen like really since it was pretty apparent the Magic were going to be out of it. I was like at this point like. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs, but if NFL football doesn't happen, just just kill me because <laughs> like it's not even so much about like the product of the NFL as much as I really do enjoy that, but it's yeah. like I want my Sundays back. Like, yeah. you know, waking Normal up, Sundays. you know, you know, it's not you know, right now always possible to go to church like we normally would and, you know, with us, you know, getting ready to have the baby literally any day now. Um, it's also, you know, not the best idea for us to be in, you know, large gatherings like that. Um, but you know, just waking up, going to church, coming home, turning football on, you know, spending the entire day watching football, eating food, hanging with family, you know, checking my fantasy football team. It'll like, (laughs) if we can get that back and it will just feel like at least my Sundays will be back to normal because we're, you know, still obviously waiting on all this, uh, COVID stuff to eventually hopefully, die down was uh with some more family today and we were you know really just talking about you know we we had planned on going on a a trip to north carolina this year as a as a family like 18 of us and Mm -hmm. with when all this stuff happened it was pretty apparent that that wasn't going to happen and we were talking about oh we'll just do it next year and i was like are we really going to be able to do it next year like do we think all this stuff is going to be back to normal but Right. But anyways, all that's just to say, you know, you're going to be happy that college football is back. I'll be so happy that the NFL is back. Um, but, yeah, Luke, let's talk some NBA playoffs. So the last time, you know, that we talked on the podcast last week, the Magic had just been bounced. Um, the, the the Blazers had been bounced. You know, they lost their series to the Lakers. Uh, and we were waiting on um, the OKC and Houston series to wrap up. We were waiting on uh, Game 7 of the Nuggets and Jazz to wrap up. Um, since then, Houston and uh, Denver have moved on. We're watching the uh, uh, Bucks uh, Heat game right now as we speak. Giannis is out for the the second half with the ankle injury, and it's looking like the Bucks are going to get bounced in four. 
Yeah, it's looking like it. I mean, right now I think they're tied. Um, they played pretty well considering Giannis is out, but kind of as this third quarter continues on and they get into the fourth, guys get gassed and they have to kind of exhaust their options. But we also know that Coach Bud doesn't like uh, playing their guys to the fullest amount of minutes anyway. So um, definitely could see that it kind of just gives out on them and the, and the Heat win this in four. But uh, is there a a player that you've enjoyed watching the most in the playoffs so far that is not magic related um, that maybe you didn't know you'd like watching them so much? Um, uh, not really. I mean, um, I was really excited coming into the playoffs to see Luca, you know, make his playoff yeah. debut. That he series, didn't disappoint. That, no, not at all. That series was just so much fun. Obviously, you know, he hits the, the game winner, um, which was just mm-hmm. incredible. You know, they were down like 21 or whatever at that game. Even without, you know, Chris Stapps Porzingis, you know, he injures his ankle. Didn't even seem like he was going to be able to play in, you know, a handful of those games. So to see him, like, you know, tough it out and, you know, just be able to compete at a high level and, and still just be an absolute beast. Like the kid legitimately looks like he's, he's you know, on the – trajectory to become like an all-time great player if it, if the trajectory continues to go this way now if you told me that like he's at 90 percent of what his potential is I'd be like okay like I could see that I don't think that's going to happen but he's he's literally that good already you know what I mean yeah no I mean he's a player that definitely has I mean he's been mature from the start yeah I mean he's been on the court and off the court just a mature guy all around um, which has been nice to to see a guy that 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 that's young. He's he's so young um, to have the composure he does um, to hit big shots in clutch minutes to you know say the right things in interviews. I mean he's a he's just a really good guy, um, and so it's really awesome to be able to root for somebody like that uh, in the NBA. I think for me, uh, the player that I've probably enjoyed watching most has come in these past few days, and that is Bam Adebayo. Um, I know Magic fans cover years. I'm talking good things about the Heat, uh, but but it is it truly is. I mean, Bam is, and I mean he's just pretty incredible. He he knows his role. He's gonna hustle for those fifty fifty balls. He's gonna get those rebounds, um, and he's even you know hitting mid range shots right now uh, in the playoffs when people sag off him. I mean he's not scared of of the moment. Uh, he just really impressed me. I knew he was good, obviously, um, but I did not know that he would contribute, you know, the significance amount that he has so far. I think, um, and now that I have a little bit more time to think about it, the player that I really wasn't expecting to enjoy watch as much as I did this postseason is Jamal Murray. I mean, yeah. I'm sure so many people would say that. I I laughed like I I really thought it was hilarious last post uh, last off season when they maxed him out. I was like, you're going right. to max out Jamal Murray? Like, sure, yeah. he's he's pretty good, but like, I, I just didn't think he was a, you know, a, a max level guy. And, you know, we've talked about it. It might be the bubble contributing. You know, we've seen inflated offensive numbers and inflated offensive efficiency, but just like, especially in like the third and fourth quarters of those games where he would just go on these stretches where he would be like the only Nuggets player to score for like four or five minutes and like getting to the rim, finishing at the rim, um, you know, pull up threes, um, you know, pull up, you know, step back mid range, like jumpers. Like he was literally the definition of being in his bag, you know, in that series yeah. against, uh, against Utah. So, well, well, I mean, and, and the thing is, is, you know, 
I've talked about it, but your star players step up in the playoffs. They they have better numbers in the postseason if they're built for that moment. And Jamal Murray, I mean, you look at it, and yeah, I mean, that's I'm I'm definitely a big proponent of the the thought that um, it definitely helps being in the bubble. I think shooters are we've talked about this last week improve their numbers, but guys like Jamal Murray. You know, during the regular season, averaging 18 and a half. And the craziest thing is averaging 30, you know, 34 percent from three during the regular season. And now in the playoffs on 8.4 attempts per game is almost at 49. So that's not just a bubble there for him. That's him saying, you know, this this is my team and I'm going to perform well in the postseason. And uh, you guys are going to remember why I got this max contract. And I mean, he did it. He he's doing it. I mean, he's he's an incredible player. Um, and you know, he definitely has gained a lot of fans during this postseason run. I mean, he's he's a talent for sure. Yeah, I just so many times watching those games again. You know, in the third fourth quarters when they really needed a bucket. You know, seeing him just go and and you know create his own shot. You know, basically out of nowhere, and you know just keep them afloat and it, you know. Um, you know, make clutch buckets for them down the stretch to help them secure wins in that series. You know, looking at mm-hmm. so, let's see, uh, game one, thirty-six points. Um, so games two and, and game three, fourteen and twelve points. But then goes for fifty, forty-two, and then fifty games uh, four, five, and six there. And then I mean, nobody was really scoring in that that uh, seventh game uh, <laughs> that they. No. I think they won like eighty to seventy-eight or something like that. But you get a guy that is able to, you know, produce like that in a playoff series for you. Um, and then I think it was, yeah, 27 last night against the the Clippers have, as they've now evened up that series at one game apiece. But I just – I and I tweeted it from the Six Man Show account. Like, I want a Jamal Murray. Like, I want a guy that <laughs> yeah. can do that on the Magic. And then you and I were kind of joking around today. It was like, we just need to start drafting any guy that comes out of Kentucky. When you look around the yeah. league, you're looking at – Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, De'Aaron Fox, Eric Bledsoe, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, you know, Tyler Hero. Yeah. It's just like And guess what, guys? Jonathan's gonna forget some good Kentucky players because they're so yeah, there's freaking so many. many of them. Like it's it's just it's really ridiculous. And I, I don't think that um John Calipari is a like a good in game coach. Like he just doesn't ever seem to make the right adjustments. But like as far as a recruiter and like from a development standpoint, getting guys ready for the league, like, I mean, who who can you really say is better? Like, I think you could say like, um, you know, Shashevsky and uh, you know, Roy Williams, Bill Self might be better like X's and O coaches, but you're really hard pressed to find a, a guy that's better at getting guys ready for the league, you know, better than than John Calipari. Well, yeah, I mean, he he is known for telling his guys, if you are interested in being here more than a year, don't bother. Like, I'm trying to get you to the NBA. That's that's his thing. He's going to – and it's crazy to think that a coach says that in a recruiting pitch. But I, it's honestly crazy that, you know, his athletic director lets him say that. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing is he's so – just interested in building a, a team that is going to give him, yeah, maybe one year, but um, you know those guys are going to succeed. I think Calipari is a guy who wants to see his players succeed, and he wants to see them get paid. And I mean, that's one thing that the Kentucky players do do. They they all get paid. So I mean, they, yeah, like you said, it's insane just the output that they have at Kentucky. Every now and then you'll get a guy like Scalabissier come out of Kentucky and do okay in the NBA. But guess what? He's in the NBA. 
So yeah, he's doing all right. I mean, it, he's doing okay. He, he's eating. He's living fine. Yeah. Right. So it's uh yeah no definitely that is it's it's a it's a joke but it's also you know yeah it's those guys from Kentucky they can play. Yeah, for real. So let's take a, a quick look at, at some of these uh you know playoff series. Um, I mean you know the Raptors and and the Celtics. You know it was looking for a, a moment there that you know the Celtics were gonna go go up three zero if it wasn't for that. Derek Fisher-esque shot from OG and Anobi <laughs> for the Raptors to really steal game three. Uh, and now they've evened up the series. We're talking about, you know, Milwaukee and uh, and uh, Miami right now. Miami's up four with 40 seconds to go in the third quarter. So possibility that that series is going to end today. And then, I mean, you saw Houston steal game one from the Lakers. And now, um, you know, the, the Clippers and the, the Nuggets are, are kind of evened up. So what are your thoughts so far on the, the second round here, Luke? Um, unexpected. I think, you know, I had Toronto, uh, before the playoffs started Toronto making, uh, the NBA finals. And so when Boston goes up to, Oh, I mean, I, I really didn't, I know it's early, but I didn't, I, I still You're was like, thinking, Nick, what are we doing? What, buddy? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was giving Nick nurse one of his famous facial expressions, <laughs> uh, when he goes down to Oh, like that. But um, I mean, they, they're playing Raptors basketball now, uh, on both ends. They, they're clamping on defense for sure. It looked like there was, there was streaks in that game last game where, you know, sometimes teams go on a cold spell and just can't hit shots, but it was fully the Raptors to the Raptors credit that the Boston Celtics could not score last game. Um, and I mean, it was, it was pretty insane to, to see, to see that happen. But yeah, I mean, now kind of faith is restored in the Raptors, I think from a lot of people. Um, so it'll be interesting kind of see what happens with that series. Do you want to, uh, maybe give your thoughts and then give our maybe predictions. I don't know if you're, you're ready to do that, but predictions for the rest of these, not the rest, but just for this round who advances. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, you know, no team has ever come back after being down three Oh. So the bucks, whether it be in, you know, four or five or six, they're done. Um, I still think, I think the Celtics will, you know, figure it out. I just kind of like the way that that team is, is built you know, a little bit more. Um, I think especially uh, as they go into the later rounds, I I just, I think the Celtics have a a better chance, um, you know, just because they have multiple, multiple guys, you know what I mean? Like we talk about the Raptors, right? Like they have, you know, they have, uh, you know, Pascal, obviously, um, who it seems like the Celtics are beginning to figure out, you know, a little bit um, that every single time he's going to go to that spin move, he really doesn't have too many other moves um, outside of that. But then you talk about guys like Norman Powell, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet. When you match that up, you know, with the with the Celtics, when you talk about Kemba, you talk about um, Jason Tatum, you talk about Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Um, I just kind of like those guys a little bit more. Obviously, um, you know, Hayward is a, a big loss for them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I could see that series going seven. Um, I still, I still like the Celtics in seven. I, I just think they'll find a way to, to get that done. Um, obviously repeating, you know, in sports is one of the hardest things to do as a, a champion, especially when you lose a guy like Kawhi, um, you know, Kawhi obviously had the ability to just bail them out of so many things last year. They're still an incredibly good team, incredibly coached team. Um, but I think I just give the Celtics just like a slight edge there. Like I said, if it wasn't for that shot out of OG, 
you know, they're they're down three one right now. Um, and we're talking yeah. about, you know, the Celtics possibly winning in, in five or six. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if the Raptors, you know, win in seven. Um, yeah. I think whoever wins that series is actually going on to the finals. Um, mm. The Heat look really good, but I also feel like the Bucks just really don't look good. You know, I think that's a big part of what we're seeing in this series. Even the first round, the Bucks against the Magic, you know, we talked about how a lot of those clo- those games were closer than what the result would have you think. You know, when you look at the, yeah. the final score there. Um, a little bit uh, confused about, um, you know, what's going on with the, the Lakers. I mean, I know it's only game one, but just the amount of size that they have um, and as well as they played defensively all year, I, I really thought they were going to have a, a good chance to sweep the, the Rockets. Um, and then the Clippers, I'm yeah. sure the Clippers will, will figure it out. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard last night in the fourth quarter doesn't score at all. And, of course, I don't, I don't feel like that's talked about nearly enough. Um, you know, it definitely seems like with the superstars in the league, there's a double standard at times. You know, if we talk about a guy, you know, maybe like, a, you know, a LeBron James or especially like a Giannis, you know, the fact well, they that they were talking the other night, they were talking LeBron when they, when oh, they lost the other night and LeBron did, wasn't scoring, but you know, Kawhi doesn't score and it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, well, he can't do it. You know, he can't do it every single game, but <laughs> you know, and that's why, you know, you and I talked, you know, we had a few conversations um, before the bubble started back up, like what what happens if you know Kawhi you know wins a, a championship and you know becomes the first player ever to be the Finals MVP on three separate you know teams and it's like at that point does he get elevated into the goat conversation? And for me, it was like a hard no. You know, part of it is the fact that he just doesn't you know he's not that guy every single night that's going to play you know seventy five plus games because of his health. He definitely has the talent and the ability to do that. But, you know, his body just has not allowed him to do that. And then it just goes to show you that we don't hold him to the same standard that we hold like a LeBron James to because of the fact that if that was LeBron, you know, not scoring at all in the fourth quarter, it would be, you know, all over ESPN and, you know, Fox Sports and everything like that for 24 hours. And we just didn't well, see the big, same thing a, with Kawhi. A big part of that is because Kawhi doesn't speak. Um, Kawhi doesn't. I mean, he doesn't require attention at all at all. Um, So I think that's a big part of it. Also, it kind of just like the the old mantra, sex sells, uh, LeBron sells. And (laughs) if LeBron does well, you put him up on ESPN, whether he does really bad or I mean, the other night when LeBron didn't score in the first in the in the fourth quarter, that was the first thing that they talked about on SportsCenter right after. Uh, And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't think you did that with Kawhi. Um, when, when he didn't score and it's because people are going to tune in and they're going to react positive or negative. Everyone's going to react to LeBron. So, I mean, it is what comes with being in the, in the goat conversation. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm not hitting panic button on the Lakers yet. No, obviously Portland wins game one, uh, in the first round. Then, you know, they, they do, they do what they should have done initially and they just swept them four games there right after that. So um, not too worried about it, although I will say the Blazers and the Rockets are a little different. Um, they both have a great um, you know, point guard, shooting guard combo. Um, both teams do, but if James Harden can get going and stay going, I mean, it's, it's a problem. Uh, and Russ doesn't play well. Uh, if he doesn't play well, he still is contributing, trying to facilitate and whatever. Yes, he's out of control, and he looks probably the worst he's looked in a while. Um, but still, I mean, they, they win game one. Uh, it, we'll see after game two, that's 
that's when you know they're for real. Uh, the Heat, same thing. They go up 1-0. I, I, I thought the Heat still had a chance, obviously, to win the series, but I was also saying, uh, let's see how game two goes. Um, you know, if you're a good team and you're not a pretender, you're going to win that game too. And, uh, put that doubt out of people's minds. The last, you know, minute, I mean, really 30 seconds of that game was some of like the worst officiating, like imaginable, like Mark Davis, there's no, like nothing else he could have done to have more of an impact on the last 30 minutes of that game, 30 seconds of that game. It just like the Middleton call, like a lot of people didn't like it, but for me, like, like he, he went into his shot. And Drogic, whether he was standing upright or whatever, like literally was just like it was still coming into Middleton as he's going up. And like Middleton's entire like middle half was affected, you know, on that shot before he released it. Now, on the other end, you know, Jimmy, you know, taking that shot, you know, in the corner. Sure, Giannis, you know, had his hand on him, but it was after the you know shot was already released. Didn't affect Jimmy's landing, but like. Regardless of I what think, you think I, of the call, I think, there's no worse way for that game to end than on free throws. Oh, I mean, terrible. But also, I think the argument could be made neither should have been called. Right. I, don't, I, I think that at that moment, ref is making it about himself. And uh, unfortunately, you know you know, you did a good job officiating if no one says anything about it after the game. Right. Um, and unfortunately, with a lot of these refs that are – especially postseason refs. You know, these are guys that are high-profile refs. They – you know they they think they're big deals because they're invited to and you know head officiate these games unfortunately they think oh man i need to make an impact here i need to be known whatever whether they do that subconsciously or not it stinks to see um but i mean that's that's part of having you know humans literally regulate and officiate a game so, so. what are your so what are your predictions then for for the way that these series are going to unfold um so obviously the heat um i think toronto wins in 7 um, I think the Lakers probably went in six. I think they'll drop one more. I mean, that's Houston, where I'm at. James, yeah. James Harden's going to have another game that where he goes bonkers. And honestly, if the Lakers don't contain him and they can't get it together, you know, this is where they're missing guys like Avery Bradley. Um, and if they can't contain Harden, it, it could spell trouble for the Lakers. And I would not be too shocked by that just because even though, yes, they came back and won those four games against Portland, I mean, it, it still was a little weird, and you know, the Lakers just something's been off with them. Um, and I don't know if it's them, you know, playing that lineup of AD and Javale together, and AD doesn't really want to go to the five, and there's just some weird dynamics I think in LA that we'll find out later in time. But um, but also then going on to that Clippers Denver series, Clippers, I don't know, man, that was such a a difference of result, first game handle it easy right game two nuggets going crazy i mean and and playing well clippers come back the most impressive thing is that clippers come back in the fourth quarter cut it to five with like five or six minutes left and they re-extend the lead um you know they they really were pretty unshakable in that game so it makes me think they're not scared they're not worried about it uh the nuggets are going to continue to play with that house money they're not supposed to you know they don't they they'll say they're supposed to be there and and you know obviously as a higher seed they are but you know their start that they had against Utah all that kind of stuff going against the Clippers now uh, I think they're they're kind of just playing feeling good and having fun doing it um, but all that said I think the Clippers will end up winning that series so I think we'll have Clippers Lakers uh, Raptors Heat um, anything in the East is going to be a fun matchup 
in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think that'll probably be one of the better matchups. Um, and then obviously Lakers Clippers will be good, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers kind of manhandle the Lakers and throw different looks at them where they're very adaptable and the Lakers are definitely not. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think three out of those four teams, like at the beginning of the season, you know, we definitely would have said those are going to be three of the teams that are going to be there in the, the Lakers, the Clippers and the Raptors, obviously the exception of that being the heat. Um, yeah. I think most people would have picked the Bucks. I don't know what's going on with the Bucks. Um, it's hard to tell if this is like a, a huge problem for them or if it's just the case of, you know, whatever happened, you know, in between March, you know, and, and you know, July, August, where, you know, March they looked like, you know, the best team in the NBA and they just looked horrible, you know, in, in the bubble, you know, to kind of put it lightly. Yeah. So, but good on the heat, you know, they're, they're doing what they have to do. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely well, think we're in for a good, you know, Western Conference Finals, either way, yeah, and Eastern Conference. I think that they'll that's both what I mean. Be, yeah, both conferences yeah, yeah. are going to be good. They'll they'll both be fun. Um, last question, probably, unless you have more before we head into a kind of our magic talk. Uh, do you think that because this is a conversation me and my buddies have had, whoever comes out of the West is winning the finals? Yeah, yep, that's yeah. how I feel. I I think so as well. Um, you know, there's some people who are now Heat believers that think that, you know, he go to the finals, they have a shot. No. I, it's just, it's different. No. <laughs> it's different in the West. Um, obviously, we thought the Bucks had a chance, so what do I know? Um, we thought the Bucks would go to the finals and, and give them a run for their money, possibly, but still had, I, I've still had the Clippers winning um, when it's all said and done. So I think that, that, yeah, I'm of the same sentiment. Whoever comes out of the West is definitely going to win. Like we've seen, you know, some of these teams at times like turn it on and, and really just like, you know, look like defensive powerhouses, like the Raptors, like the Clippers, like the Lakers. And like, I feel like we saw that in spurts, you know, against the magic, but really you're looking at a magic team that is, you know, pretty, um, you know, just not a, a high powered offensive team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, haven't really seen that against the heat. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't think the, the Bucks are, are very good right now. I think um, when the Heat get to the next round, um, I feel like they're going to have a much harder time either with the Celtics or, um, you know, the Raptors. The Bucks just are not a good team right now is what it seems like, especially uh, without Giannis in this fourth quarter. Heat are up six with 8-12 to go. So this series, you know, I think in my opinion is probably going to end today. But – Luke, let's talk some Magic basketball, right? Obviously, the, the Magic are no longer in the playoffs. Um, but we've got a lot of time in between now um, and really, you know, any real significant days for the Magic. So we, we kind of just wanted to take this as an opportunity to take a look back and, and reflect on the season, kind of look at what the expectations were for this team, both at a national level and, you know, um, also, you know, locally and, um, personally, as far as what we thought this team was going to do, um, what they ended up doing, and kind of the the reasons behind that. So um, let's kind of start, you know, nationally. I know you were looking at some of the power rankings for how the Magic were going to do in the East. Yeah, um, it looked like a lot of places, whether it was Sports Illustrated or just other kind of media outlets, all had Orlando kind of in the same spot to start the year. Um, which that was about 17th or 18th in the league, putting them at seventh um, pretty much every time in the East to end the year, um, which, you know, coming down to the end of the year, we thought the Magic would be 
seventh in the East. Um, but I would say probably Jonathan uh, prior to that, uh, to the season starting, call me biased, whatever. I had the Magic fifth or sixth in the East. Obviously, thinking we have you know Markel now, Jonathan Isaac, Mobamba will develop those type of thoughts. And, you know, as we find out every NBA season, uh, there's going to be some fluky things that happen. Players are going to get injured. Players aren't going to develop like you think. Um, and, and it makes for the season being completely different than what you thought. So, uh, yeah, I think I I can't remember exactly, but I, I think that I had the Magic at, at fifth or sixth in the East. Um, and so finishing eighth, pretty upsetting uh, in terms of that. But, you know... Uh, Consider all things considered, I mean, getting eighth should have gotten seventh, but I mean, better than not making the playoffs, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the way that we ended last season, and I feel like I I feel like I just bring this up all the time, but the fact that we, you know, the last thirty one games of last season, we go twenty two and nine, um, you know, seventh seed, you know, make the playoffs, all that good stuff, then you know, steal game one against the Raptors, and it's like okay. It's, you know, if we re-sign Vooch and Terrence, like, you really don't want to lose the assets. So I think that was, like, the major reason behind re-signing them. I don't think that, you know, John and Jeff were like, all right, let's look at this team. If we run it back, we really have a chance at making a run in the East. I don't think that was ever the thinking. I think it was definitely more of we at least have to make sure we keep these assets. Um, Yeah. But... All that being said, you know, I really thought, especially after game four against the Raptors last year, Aaron Gordon in that second half, um, really looking like he was putting it together offensively. I went into this season with the mindset like, okay, Vucevic was the all-star last year, but like this is time for Aaron Gordon to take that leap. Like this is going to be the year that Aaron Gordon becomes an all-star. That definitely obviously did not come into fruition. Looking at last year, Aaron Gordon averaging 16 points, 7.4 rebounds, uh, 3.7 assists, uh, and then this year drops down to 14.4, 7.7 rebounds, and then 3.7 assists. So definitely didn't have the offensive year um, that he was looking to have. Um, And it it definitely felt like at times he just kind of – you know, faded into the background and, and just looked like another guy on this team. You know, looking at Terrence Ross this year, he averaged more than uh, Aaron at 14.7. Markel right around Aaron at 12 points a game. So Aaron just really looked like another, you know, role player on the team this year rather than, you know, becoming like the guy, which a lot of us were hoping and, and thinking that he would. I think Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons on a podcast uh, before the year started, he was like a dark horse to become an all-star. Like he was the next guy that could, you know, make that leap. Um, you know, but that really didn't end up happening. But um, just my expectations going into the season was like right around where you were, like fifth, sixth seed. Um, I thought the ceiling was probably like a fourth seed if everything went well and everybody stayed yeah. healthy. Everybody did not stay healthy. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's no secret. You look at games played last year. We're looking at Vooch at 80, Aaron Gordon 78. Fournier, Ross, Augustine, all at 81 games. Jonathan Isaac at 75 games. So, like, your, you know, best, you know, five, six players there um, all at, you know, upwards of of 70 games. Obviously, truncated season this year. But when we look at Markel Fultz, team high, 72 games. Uh, Next closest is is, uh, Terrence at 69, Evan at 66. But then we've got Vooch. Aaron Gordon at 62, DJ Augustine at 57, Jonathan Isaac at 34. Like, 
team is just, you know, the injury luck that we had this year was not going to allow this team to reach their full potential, at least in the regular season. And then we saw that really just continue into the bubble. Aaron goes down. Michael Carter-Williams goes down. Jonathan Isaac goes down. So I really think that was the, the biggest part of it, for me at least, is why this team didn't live up to their expectations. And I feel like it's kind of you know uniform. We talk about the national perspective um, the local perspective, you know, a lot of people weren't big fans of the, the signings and re-signings that we made. But once we did, we're like, okay, well, we should at least be a little bit better than we were last season. And just kind of none of that happened. Yeah, it was kind of interesting last year. Um, seemed like Magic fans were okay with, including myself, were okay with not signing Vucevic, um, you know, not giving him another deal kind of just starting over basically with that young core. Um, but then got, you know, once he's signed back, it's like this whole season, obviously holding like we kind of came to the realization of, okay, well we've got Vooch. We might as well, you know, do well and, and go deep in you know, not deep into the playoffs, but um, do well in the Easter conference standings and all that kind of stuff. So for all that to happen and then end up with the eight seed after last year, last year was, pretty much the I think the ceiling um for that roster um just because no, like virtually no injuries right right um very fortunate on that end and then you have kind of the polar opposite thing happen this year um so I mean I but didn't you think like with the additions of Markel um you mm -hmm. know we expected Jonathan Isaac to be a little bit better like I said I thought Aaron was going to kind of take that leap so those things considered right. I was like I feel like the team should be better. Like our young guys will get better. The old guys should be probably just as good. So, yeah. you know, it, to me, it just kind of made sense that we could be a little bit better. But again, when you're as unhealthy, I, as I expected, team was, I expected Orlando to be better than the Brooklyn Nets without, you know, a Katie Kyrie thing, especially without Katie. Right. So, um, I mean, we, we've talked about it before, but it's just, you know, it is pretty disappointing all things considered, but, I mean, we there were some bad, tough breaks that the Magic took this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's been all too apparent, you know, especially the last you know month or so. You know, again, Jonathan going down, no Michael Carter Williams, you know, no Aaron Gordon, and you know, obviously that was a, a huge problem in the playoffs. But I mean, as far as um, like the individuals, you know, on the team, obviously the team didn't live up to the expectations, but. Um, like individual players, you know, kind of where were your expectations and, you know, kind of where did those fall? Like we don't need to go into guys like Wes or, you know, MCW, right. you know, uh, Ken Burch, but like the, the main guys, you know, that we expected either to be, you know, just as good as last year or, or maybe even a little bit better kind of where, where do you fall on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, the one guy everybody had, expectations for had an opinion on of how they would be uh was definitely markel faults um and for me you know it, it's hard because you don't know yes you you want to have expectations and you do have expectations but with a guy like that coming off of the injury that he had you really still don't know what to what to think right um so um i i really i wanted him to be good um, and he he was I mean he averaged you know 12 a game all things considered for what the magic are saying is kind of his rookie season 
um, you know, finally getting to play over 20 games in a season. Um, so I, I think that it all kind of came, you know, at the start of the season and, and through the season kind of was what I expected, I guess, um, to an extent. Uh, I, the one thing that did impress me was kind of his, his confidence through the year. Uh, I didn't think it, I didn't expect him to be that confident, uh, especially near the end where he's actually taking threes and, and not shying away and in crunch um, time. kind of in, in crunch time too. He wasn't afraid of the moment. So that was pretty big um, to, to see Markel do those things. So I'd say he was the one that I had expectations for. And I would say it pretty much matched, you know, what I thought um, it would be. I knew his three point shot would not be incredible. I knew his playmaking would be pretty good. Um, I, you know, I wish his, maybe his assist numbers were a little higher, uh, being at five a game, uh, but, you know, battling back and forth with, with ball handling responsibilities with DJ Augustine, you, you kind of get those opportunities taken from you. So, um, I I'd say Markel was definitely the guy that I was looking forward to and had the most expectations for. I think looking at his numbers, you know, 12 points a game, you know, three rebounds, five assists, uh, you know, 46% from the floor, tw- almost 27% from three. Um, and then 73 percent from the free throw line I feel like his numbers came in you know basically around where I thought I went into the season like if we can get 15 points a game from Markel like that would just be just absolutely incredible I thought that was like best case scenario but when you look at the tape and you, you watch the kid play like we've all been talking about this for like the last nine months like the kid is so much like the talent and what he is capable of doing if he was given the keys to the offense, he is definitely much better than a 12 points per game player. Like, I right. really feel like if, if we were to just turn the keys over to Markell and been like, look, you have free reign on offense. And he actually took that upon himself to like make that a point. We're talking about a guy that I really could easily see scoring anywhere from like 16 to 18 points a game, you know, like with ease, you know what I given mean? Given the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Given the opportunity. So, like his numbers are right around where I thought they would be, but what I think he's capable of, like he's just f- like far exceeded like exceeded my expectations. As far as like in terms of a you know a passer, he is light years a- ahead of what I thought he was capable of. Like he made some passes this year. Um, I I think it might even have been the the first game of the year against Cleveland where he's on the right wing and he's got a guy on him and Jonathan Isaac was cutting to the rim, and he just threw this right-handed, you know, one-handed mm-hmm. pass just across the lane to J.I., and it's like you almost see the ball, like, curve. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it was just like, how did this kid get the ball there? So right. the, the, you know, ability that he has and the potential that he has as a playmaker is just so much, you know, more advanced than what I thought it was going to be at this point. He, you know, outside of Jonathan Isaac, if he can stay healthy, he's definitely the guy on the the magic that I'm, you know, definitely the most excited to see what the the future is going to bring from this kid. But he's got to have the right opportunity and, and, and things have to go the right way as far as the way the offense is being run. Yeah, um, 100% agree. Uh, is there anybody else that you want to talk about in terms of expectation that maybe exceeded or did not? go above what you thought I mean I think everybody else um really kind of you know matched where they were last year I mean Terrence's you know scoring numbers dipped I mean barely but you know still a guy I mean 35 percent this year 
Uh, last year was at 38, so not quite as efficient. Um, and I definitely feel like the Magic felt that all year long. Is like Terrence just never quite got to the level that he was at last year. I mean, last year was a career year for him, but never really got back up to that level. Um, Evan Fournier definitely thought that he was going to be better than he was last year. Last year, 15 points a game, 34% from the three-point line. This year, 18 and a half, um, 39.9, so just at 40% from three. So Evan was definitely better. Um, Vooch, again, a guy that had a career year last year, um, you know, 20.8 points a game, 12 rebounds last year, this year, 19.6, almost 11 rebounds. So the thing with Vooch is, again, he wasn't as efficient from the three point line. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Aaron was really the guy that let me down. I thought, yeah. you know, again, last year just seemed like something clicked where his offensive game matured. He was just making better decisions as uh, Milwaukee and the Heater are tied up right now with 204 to go in the game. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I really just thought this was the year for Aaron Gordon to become the player that, you know, I felt like he was capable of. Uh, now, you know, 24 years old, um, he's on a, you know, team-friendly contract. Everyone's talking about the, the prospects of him trading, uh, him being traded with Jonathan Isaac being out. I don't really see that happening, but it definitely could happen. Yeah. Um, what about you? Is there anybody that really let you down this year? Um, I, there was some points where, you know, DJ Augustine was a little uh, underwhelming in terms of, you know, I, I think mainly in the postseason was for me where I just you know, wasn't a huge fan of what DJ was doing. Um, you know, shooting last year, shooting 47% from the field. This year, shooting 39% um, is pretty just inexcusable for a player that has the role that DJ Augustine has. He's not a guy that, that needs to take a large amount of shots, you know, per, per game, uh, shot eight per game this year. And to shoot 39.9% from the field is kind of abysmal. Um, all things considered. So I think DJ Augustine was probably that guy for me. And then when you look uh, at, that I was mean, look at his underwhelming his uh, his three point efficiency. I mean, last year shooting 42% from three on 3.8 attempts, and then this year, 34.8% on three and a half attempts. Like, you know, basically, sh you know, the, the same amount of attempts and just a huge drop off, um, you know, with the efficiency from the three-point line. A huge part of that was he was like the fourth, fifth option at times in that starting lineup last year. And a lot of those looks, you know, came basically wide open, you know, spot up attempts. I think he was um, one of the most efficient players in the league last year as it came, mm -hmm. you know, from spot up threes. So definitely didn't get quite as many of those. I mean, we've talked so much at nauseum, you know, this year about it when Markel and DJ would be in with that second unit and Markel sitting in the corner. We turn that around. You make Markel the ball handler and able to get DJ those open looks from three, maybe we see an increase in his efficiency for three. So it just kind of all comes full circle when you look at some of the problems that we think we have of this team, and then you go to the numbers and you're like, oh, this all makes sense. Like what I'm looking yeah. here, as far as the numbers goes, like directly correlates with what I'm seeing with my eyes on a on a nightly basis. So, yeah, yep. I definitely agree. Absolutely. DJ was uh, DJ was definitely underwhelming, but. Um, I think most of us can agree that the biggest issue with this team this year was health. Like, it's not an excuse, but right. when the team is just at no point this year fully healthy, it's it's really hard to argue, 
that um, you know, it, the blame falls too much else um, outside of the injuries. Guys definitely didn't play as well, but you know we've talked a bunch about how a lot of the the guys on this team, you know, Markel Fultz, DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon are all guys that you could say to a degree are miscast in their roles on this team. Yeah, yeah, no no question about that at all. So I mean. For me, that's where uh, that's where this season really starts and ends. Um, just not yep. being able to be healthy. Aaron Gordon didn't take that leap. Um, you see a little bit of a, a step back from guys like Vooch, Terrence Ross. Um, you see guys take a, a pretty significant step back, you know, like a DJ Augustine. And uh, yep. that's what happens. You end up the seventh seed, and uh, or the eighth seed, excuse me, and for the second straight year, uh, you're out of the playoffs in five. So... A lot of decisions to be made this Luke, this uh, this offseason, yeah. Luke. It's going to be really uh, interesting to see what the Magic do and how they handle things. Again, we still don't know what's going to happen with free agency and the draft and when all that is going to take place. So we're really just going to keep our eyes peeled on that. Yep. Yeah. So I think uh, for the rest of the the offseason, you know, Luke and I are definitely going to start to ramp up the talks um, about what the team should do from a, a roster standpoint. Um, obviously everyone knows we're getting Chuma Okiki, uh, you know, come mm-hmm. this next season. And then we'll start to talk about, um, you know, what the magic are going to do come draft night, whether they're going to hold on to that pick, uh, whether they'll trade that. And if they do hold on to that, uh, who the magic, you know, might have available to them at 15. And, and, uh, can we just all agree that we need to get a guy that can shoot the freaking basketball? That'd be good. Be really that'd great. Be, that, that'd be ideal. I think. To, oh my uh, goodness. We ju- we just got a timeout here. Milwaukee's got the ball down one, twenty one point four seconds left. Luke, it's got to be Chris Middleton, right? It has to be. It has to be. It's it's got to be, especially for Chris Middleton. <laughs> as much as I want to draw this out and have like a live reaction on the podcast here, they just called a timeout. Um, the, we don't. This game's gonna last another fifteen yeah, minutes. <laughs> exactly. And I don't really have anything else, Luke, for the show today. No, I'm good. All right, so we're gonna sign off here. We're gonna watch the rest of the the Bucks Heat. Um, you guys will know what happened, uh, and we'll talk next week about whether or not the, the Heat have moved on. And look, can we talk about how weird like the scheduling has been? Like, ser- Typically, like a, the, the second round of series won't really start until like all of the first round series have ended. And just given the time constraints in the bubble, that's just like really not They're happening. They're just going right into it. Yeah. Like this, yeah. this series is about to be over the heat are about to move on to the eastern conference finals potentially and uh like the rockets and the lakers are just getting started yeah so it's very odd really really strange but all part of the bubble all part of the bubble hashtag bubble life so mm-hmm. but anyways we're gonna wrap up the podcast here we're gonna watch the end of this game uh, you guys all have a great week for luke this has been jonathan and we will catch you guys next time see ya Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!